Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. There's no substitute for a live sales call with someone you don't know. But how do you overcome nervousness? You overcome nervousness by being confident. And confidence comes from practice. The more you can practice, the more people you can get on sales calls, the more that of that excitement you'll have in your business. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out create the influence income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle it's time to make a difference and scale up this is the influence by design podcast welcome to today's episode of influence by design i'm your thursday co-host samantha riley joined as always with my friend in crime that actually sounds wrong because we're talking about sales today with my <laughs> with my good friend Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim? I was like, wow, what's going on with that? <laughs> Gee, she's come. Yeah, wrong metaphor. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it because my sister always used to say, oh, you know, we're going out Friday night. You want to be my partner in crime? And that generally meant we were going to have a good time. So that's where I was going with this. Yeah, yeah not, not super appropriate for, uh, you know, <laughs> today's lesson on how to overcome nerves or any sales calls. <laughs> we are not going to teach you how to rip off your customers. That's a lesson for another day. <laughs> no, but we are going to have fun. We are going to have fun. I think this is a fun topic. I actually really like sales. And I even pose that people that say they don't like sales, we were just chatting before, Tim, that I don't, I've never met anyone that's got off a sales call where they've actually made a sale and gone, I hate sales calls. Oh, that's what you love it. That's the best time. We're like, yes, I made a sale. That's so good. So hopefully... Uh, I have um, somewhere, where it does on the floor over there at the moment because I'm redoing my office, but I have a gong, right? Whenever I get a sales call, you know, we can sell across the line, bang, you know, mm -hmm. get the gong going. I'm going to do it right now just for, just for the measure, just so, because this is a nice auditory thing. Here we go. Here is the sales gong. Right, you know, nice deep resonance. Nice. Bit of bit of celebration there. We got, And we do like sound, sound effects on our... On our podcast, don't we, Sam? We should put more in. Absolutely. Right. We need a little applause button wherever the applause button is. It's actually in the cards, but today we're going to talk about how to handle nervousness before sales calls. Yeah, look, it's a thing that lots of people have an issue with, and particularly if you've never been in a sales role before and you're sort of transitioning into business, you're the guy, right, or the girl, as the case may be, right? You're the person who wears the sales hat, and this is the oxygen. Mm -hmm. Now, everything else can go absolutely, I think, everything else can go largely pear-shaped 
and you've got a at least you've got a business, albeit mm-hmm. not a very effective one. If you cannot make sales, however, you don't have a business at all. Absolutely. You've got the most effective non-starter. And we absolutely need to overcome sale, you know, this sale, this fear of sales and this fear of asking clients for money. Yeah. I mean, I the quicker we can do that, the better we are. Hundred percent. Most of us, you know, a lot of us have got a fear of rejection, all of these kinds of things. However, we really need to separate our personal fear of rejection and bringing in people into into our programs or into our business because they're two different things. Not every single person is going to say yes to our products or program. But if we don't have sales calls, we're going to get zero people. Yeah. We're going to get zero customers, zero clients. And look, you know, people are going to miss out on the genius that you bring to the world. 100%. So let's talk about the three things that we have sort of pulled out of why people get nervous on sales calls. And number one is people getting nervous on calls because they really haven't dialed in who they're talking to or who their ideal client is and the promise that they help them or the, you know, the promise, the outcome that they help them achieve. Yeah, I think this is this is a really interesting one. And it comes back to that real sort of sense of confidence that the person you're talking to, you can get them the outcome. And I think anytime you're talking to someone new, you're thinking, I can do this for you. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> And that can really convey, right, because it comes back to that self-confidence about what it is that you can do. And if you haven't really dialed in, you know, the who and the what you achieve for, you know, for them, absolutely, it's going to project through your tone of voice. It's going to project through your your ability and confidence and whether you can actually get this person the outcome that you're telling them that you can create for them. Totally. And I think it's really important to make sure that we, you know, we constantly come back and dial in, you know, who and the, you know, the who we work with and the what it is that we do for them. The other thing I see that's just a slight play on this is having too many offers and having someone on a call and not knowing where to point them towards. And I know we've talked about simplifying our offers on previous episode, and we'll link that up in the show notes. But when we've got too many offerings, it can be very difficult to decide where to put someone. So having a very simple, we only offer this one thing or these two things that are very different makes it a lot easier to understand how to make that sale. Yeah. And again, it comes back to what am I presenting to you? Because I don't really know where you fit yet. So here's the thing, right? And if you get that, if you can really nail that down to the one thing and you can make a very successful business out of like just one thing, as we've we've spoken about before, mm-hmm. it becomes very easy to understand whether this is the right person and then and what you can do for them. I think some of the other areas here that we can, you know, get some quick wins and really dial in is around a pre-qualification for the call, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, before someone comes to a call, have them fill out a form that says, you know, what are you hoping to get from the call and where are you at right now? It's a very simple instructional thing. I actually think doing this has other benefits as well Mm -hmm. because if you're going into a situation where you're providing instruction to a client for them to do something, it's a really good, I think, litmus test (laughs) to see whether someone can follow instructions. And if they can't fill out a simple form, 
you know, up front, then maybe they're not going to do the other things that you need them to do later on. Yeah. Is this someone that I actually want to work with? Is this person easy to work with? So I really like filling out a form. So I think that being very clear on who it is that you're speaking to, what is the promise that you are promising? (laughs) What is the promise of the outcome that you're talking about? And making sure that it's nice and clear or with you know where you're sending them and are they actually the right person to be on the call in the first place yeah so i really like that the filling out a form making sure that you get the right who on the call in the first place yeah it's it's, it's all part of that pre-qualification whether it's a form or it's a you know someone else who calls them up five minutes and says hey looking forward to chatting with you later in the week what do you want to cover sort of stuff mm. mm-hmm I think that's the second place to that people should really look at to overcome nervousness before sales calls is coming from uh, probably coming from a place of desperation, thinking I need the client mm-hmm. as opposed to I want the client. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, when you come from oh my god, I need to get a sale, otherwise things are going to go you know really badly, you tend to act from this place of desperation and start to make it sort of all about you and get into this convincing mode mm-hmm. of selling, which starts to bludgeon the person into going like, you must buy from me, you must buy from me. It's very uncomfortable for them. And you potentially want to start taking people on that aren't really the right fit for you. And I know, Sam, we've often spoken about marketing and, and having your marketing on full bore all the time so that you're constantly having opportunities. But it really comes back to like reframing this idea of a sales call to not be about sales, but to be about, are we a good fit together? Mm. I love this idea of, you know, even renaming it so that we're coming from a different place. So instead of saying we're getting on a sales call, which in our mind, as the person that's, you know, that's facilitating that call thinking, oh, I need to make the money, turning it into a right fit call, because this comes from a place of service just to see are we a right fit to get to work together? You know, are we aligned? Are our values aligned? Can I actually help you? Or are you actually better off working with someone else? Should I be referring you to someone else? And I think that this takes away that desperation. It changes the energy. You were talking about the desperation. That blocks energy. And even though we can't necessarily put our finger on what's going wrong, we just have this feeling that something's a little off and that never ends well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this right fit call, it works both ways, right? You know, Mm -hmm. not every client is the right client for you. And it's okay to say no to a client and say, hey, I don't think we're the right fit. I don't think that we can get you the outcome that you're looking for. Mm. And someone else might be better positioned to achieve that goal for you. And that's, again, that's coming back to that confidence about being really, really clear and confident in yourself that this is the person that you help achieve that outcome. Mm, 100%. So that's the second one. And the third one is something that I see as well from people is that they don't have a sales call process. Now, let us be clear that what we're not talking about here is following a script, following a very strict script because that doesn't work. It's not authentic and genuine. And I know, Tim, you had a really funny story that you were sharing with me before we went to air about a sales call that you were on where someone was just reading from a piece of paper and wasn't even listening to the answers. 
Well, it was terrible. I think at the time I I literally uh, just gone and downloaded Sam Oven's sales script, seven figure <laughs> sales script. Right, we got to embellish it. Right, so what's better than a seven figure sales script? The eight figure sales script. That's I'm going to do that one next. Okay, that's I'm just trademark that one by the way, guys. So you can't take an eight figure sales script <laughs> unless it you know you rename it and. Oh my God, maybe the nine figure sales script. There we go. I'm going to have to come up with that one next. Right. My goodness. <laughs> but it was so, it was so regimented how this lady went for it. And, you know, obviously she was coming from a really genuine place, but she was going question, 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 question without really, I guess, having the flexibility to drill into things that clearly needed more discovery. And there was, there was this obvious, pivot point where she'd done with her questions the transition the transition and the transition was so clumsy that she went into this sales pitch and if you've ever seen wolf of wall street where he gets house you know says sell me the pen kind of thing it was it was one of these moments where she's gone very predictably into the this is the price of the program but if you sign up whilst we're on the call and say yes now it will be this price and blah 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 and Oh, by the way, here's the value stack that we're going to add on top of it as well. Now, because I've done lots of sales, it was fairly obvious to me. To someone else, it may not have been mean very obvious, but it was almost too rigid. Mm-hmm. Right? It was very robotic. It's probably a good description about how she was taking me through this process. And there was nothing about, hey, are we a good fit together? Mm-hmm. Right, you know, do we actually like each other mm. and think we can actually work together? And so there was all of that missing. And to be honest, when I got on the call originally, I was not expecting to be pitched to it all. So, oh, that just made it even worse. <laughs> made it worse. I'm like, I'm going to go through this because this is just fascinating, and I'm sure I can use this in a podcast episode in the future. <laughs> ding, ding! Here we are. Right, but this is where I think rather than. You know, we really want to sort of be authentic and genuine and almost not follow a regimented script, but have almost a framework. A framework. That allows us to ask questions in a bunch of key areas, all right? So, you know, we're going to do things like, you know, where are you at right now and, and where do you want to be? Because that's going to tell us we're the right fit, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to go from $6 an hour to $10 million, you know, in the next 30 days. Thanks very much, client, but we're probably not the right fit. Probably not the right fit. Okay. And it's okay to say no, right? But if we go, oh, yes, absolutely, I can do that. And if you don't deliver mm-hmm. on that promise, you know, you end up with egg on your face. Yeah. And so this is where I think having this framework to sort of go, I know I need to sort of establish some rapport. I know I need to ask a budget question. I know I need to ask a time frame question. I know I need to ask a question or questions around, hey, who else is involved in making decisions in your in your business, in your organisation, if it's, you know, just you as the business owner, great. Sometimes, you know, the partner might, you know, the significant other might get involved in the decision. Sometimes there's a board mm-hmm. and something needs to go to a board. Sam, you were just talking about, hey, I don't do proposals. Mm-hmm. I do not do proposals. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't like proposals either, right? <laughs> you know, but once we've got that framework and you know, we've got that, I know I need to something uh, ask something about next steps and the time frame and the actions and those sorts of things. It gives us flexibility in, in the sales call to kind of jump where we need to jump and not seem as robotic. And actually, it almost disarms you know, our prospect 
and a little bit because it feels more natural. Yeah, it, and it's not about disarming them. It's actually about having a nice casual conversation that is real. And this is why I say don't follow a strict script. That's like a tongue twister because that is going to make the energy a little weird. But you still do need to follow that framework to make sure that you're getting all of the questions in so that you're able to get to the end of the conversation and know that you've taken your prospect through the journey. They've got the information they need. You've got the information you need. So you're able to to then make a, a decision between you. Yeah, it also means if you've got that, you know you're collecting all of the information you need on a sales call, right? There's nothing worse, I think, going again, absolutely, we're going to help you achieve that. You know, it looks like it's a good fit. I think we get along really well together. And then you kind of send over the details and they're like, oh, my God, it's that much money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work, right? And that's why we need to sort of talk about these things. And, and you know, and basically the right fit is all about sort of drawing out the objections on both sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really what we're trying to do is make sure that we're having this conversation in an authentic and genuine way, making sure that that your prospect feels comfortable around what it is that you do, how it is that you can serve them, you're comfortable that you can help them achieve their outcome, and then you're just taking the next part of the conversation to how can we move forward together. Well, it's that next logical step, you know. We've demonstrated that this, 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 this next logical step for you is, is this. You know, mm. any, any questions? Absolutely. Right. And again, it is coming from that place of service, right? And we didn't go into business necessarily just to screw people over. Mm-hmm. We didn't at all go into business to screw people over. <laughs> oh, look, you know, I'd be surprised. Right? I'm sure there's some people out there that, you know, that's absolutely their intent. But, you know, we're genuine, right? We really want to see people succeed, mm-hmm. right? Because when they succeed, we succeed. Mm-hmm. And when we come from that place of service, sales calls become just the opportunity to help people, not, you know, this confrontational thing that you may be, may be you know, causing that nervousness in the first place. Absolutely. Tim, what's one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with in regards to this topic that we're talking about today around nervousness and sales calls? Probably two things I think is good practice, you know, I guess in any sales calls, and that's practice and review. Mm-hmm. There's no substitute for a live sales call with someone you don't know. But, you know, how do you overcome nervousness? You overcome nervousness by being confident, and confidence comes from practice. So if you've got a partner, a coach, you know, I know there's sales trainers out there that will do this practice and it can do this practice with you as well. But find somebody that you can role play your sales calls with. Mm-hmm. 100%. Go through the process, record it, and then review it and look back at yourself and go, I didn't do that quite right, or I said the wrong thing there. How can I do that differently that next time? Because that practice and review process will make you an absolute master at sales. Love it. Could not agree more. And what I want to leave people with today is something that a mentor said to me years and years ago. And he said this, for anyone that doesn't like sales calls, just think about what happens when you make a sale. 
you get your mojo back, you feel excited. So it's not actually that you don't like sales calls. In actual fact, all of us love being on a sales call where we make the sale, where we convert our prospect into a client. So the more you can practice, the more people you can get on sales calls, the more that of that excitement you'll have in your business. Yeah. And look, if you really hate it after all of that. Outsource it. Employ someone else to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I think it's really important to lock in, you know, that process, that sales process that feels like it's a right fit and is authentic and genuine for your business before you do that. Otherwise, you could be bringing in an energy into your business that isn't quite a fit. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. We should almost bang the gong to see us out today, shouldn't we? Yeah, the sales gong again. That was a very gentle one. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Let us know what you enjoyed about this episode and share it with anyone that you know would get value. And if you are on your app, on your phone, please scroll up to the top and hit those three little dots. Hit the follow button so that you're notified every time an episode goes live, which is every Tuesday and every Thursday. Tim, thanks so much for hanging out with me here today. I've really enjoyed today's topic, Sam, so thank you for uh, thank you for suggesting it. Such a pleasure, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you all on the flip side next Tuesday for another episode of Influence by Design. Ciao. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.